Mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighter's Fury, Inside the Heart of a Champion, with your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighter's Fury on AM790, The Ticket. And good Sunday morning, everybody. Welcome on in. It is Fighter's Fury here on 790, The Ticket. Last night was fun. Last night was, uh, was a fun main event. Conor McGregor returning to the octagon and getting himself a win in 40 seconds over Donald Cerrone. Uh, many, many people picking Conor McGregor to get first round or second round knockouts. If he was going to get the win, it seemed like that made the most sense. I know we whiffed on this show. I said that I thought Conor was going to win by decision. I just felt, I, I think it was part of me was I felt a little bit, there was a little bit too much disrespect going Donald Cerrone's way. Um, you know, seeing what the odds were, you know, seeing the guys that he's lost to, seeing how 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 Cowboy has bounced back, but you know, a lot of uh, all of the things that he has been criticized for in his career, not showing up on big fight nights, being a slow starter, uh, being able to be hurt uh, with with uh, with to the to the body and things like that, or unexpected shots, um, they were all there, and Connor took advantage of of all of those. Uh, shortcomings of all those advantages that he had, the fact that he comes out like a bat out of hell when it comes to to a fight night, and he looked amazing. I mean, there's nothing there's nothing you could look at that performance wise. Looking at Conor McGregor, how he looked at 170 pounds, uh, the way he executed it. This wasn't just a guy who went out there and obliterated somebody with his left hand, missed with his left hand early on in the fight, and instead, you know, they got tied up and Conor McGregor improvised. Hit him with uh, with a couple of big shots with his shoulder, busted up Don Cerrone's nose. Hit him with a head kick, and that was pretty much all she wrote. Like once Connor hit him with that, it was it was the beginning of the end for Cowboy Cerrone, and it got finished within sixty seconds. So, um, masterful performance by the notorious one, getting his first win since beating Eddie Alvarez and winning the lightweight championship of the world. And you know now now I really think it's with, with him, it's it's where the fun begins, is because. You know, you could start talking again about title sh- title shots, uh, fights against Jorge Masvidal, going for a third belt against Kamaru Usman, rematch against Khabib Nurmagomedov, uh, fight against Tony Ferguson, the boxing matches against Manny Pacquiao, the boxing matches against Floyd Mayweather. I mean, the options are plenty. The options are plenty out there for Conor McGregor. It really, really opened it up. Um, if he, if he didn't win this fight, if you don't go and you beat you don't beat Donald Cerrone. You know, then you got to start like, well, what's left? What is, what is left? Because this is a guy. If you were to look at Conor McGregor and what he's good at, and you were to look at a guy in Don Cerrone and say, where does he have shortcomings? This was about as as, as tailor made a guy uh, you could make for Conor McGregor. Not to call it a tune up fight. Not to not to say that I wouldn't disrespect uh, the legend that is Cowboy like that. But um, if you were to say, where does this guy fall short, and where does this guy exceed? This is the this would have been the perfect guy for Connor to take on, and he executed to absolute absolute perfection, and it was a great performance by him, um, and and it was important. You know, I think I think I think as the week went on, we felt how big it was to have him back in the sport. He had uh he, you know so much coverage on ESPN. This was the first Conor McGregor fight promoted by ESPN. Um, he was everywhere. It was talked about. It was seen everywhere. Many promos. Uh, they, they, uh, you know, kicked it off with a, a big sit down with Helwani during the week. He did a lot of media this week, uh, which was, which was great to see from Connor because I think we had gotten to the point almost with, uh, like kind of like with Ronda Rousey where she'd do like one, one show up or maybe no show up 
for a fight and you're just like, all right. So it's kind of just in and out. You're here for the fight. And part of the show with Connor is what is he going to say on the microphone? What is he going to deliver? Um, what kind of crazy things? Now, it was interesting because we got a different Conor McGregor. We didn't get, you know, the guy who's hosing everybody down. This is a guy that was much more respectful. This was a guy that was uh, much more mild-mannered. Uh, and really the only thing that seemed to really get under his skin was uh, anytime you mentioned Habib Nurmagomedov. Um, but other than that, pretty respectful, pretty much open to everything. I think somebody had a running list this week of all the guys he said he was open to fight. Um, and it felt like it was 12, 12 people deep. And you know, it was much of the same yesterday after the fights. I think we all came out of that yesterday wondering what is going to be next for him. Um, and I think it's it's a lot more complex than people think. I think it's even more complex than than Dana White thinks. You know, Dana was in the post-fight press conference from from jump and saying that what I want next is for him to fight Namaga Madoff again. I want the rematch. So that's going to be he thinks that's going to be their uh, their Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather. That it's going to be that that type of a box office success. Um, but you know, a lot of a lot of things are interesting are, are interesting hurdles to get to the Magomedov fight. First off, um, you know, what do you believe when Connor says that he wants to be very, very active this year, that he wants to fight at least three times, maybe more? Uh, do you buy that? Um, I know that his plan A is that he said that uh, Habib and Tony aren't going to fight, that they're not going to fight. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen, That uh, and that he's going to slide right in there. And he's going to fight for the championship. But let's just say they do fight. Let's say that that Tony and Habib actually happens. I think you guys remember my Christmas list of fights that that fight actually happening was on my list of Christmas. Because I'm dying to see Tony Ferguson versus Habib Nurmagomedov and see who is the best lightweight on the planet. I'm dying to see it. We've been waiting so many times to make that fight happen. And so let's just say it happens. All right, Khabib's off the table for a little bit because if Namagomedov does fight in April, let's just say he does. Uh, you got the next five days later. You got Ramadan, which he uh, which he observes. So that takes him out of commission. Let's just say pretty much through the summer, maybe late summer is when you could get him back. But he's going to be out of commission to the late summer. So if you're Conor McGregor and you want to fight three times, it's not out of the realm of possibility that like he could fight in August and then December. It's not. Um, you know, let's just say he wants to fight Habib, and in an ideal world, he fights for the welterweight championship by the year's end. That'd be a great year. I mean, amazing year if he were able to beat Habib Nurmagomedov in late summer, early fall, and have a quick turnaround um, in the in the in the aftermath of that fight in December. Uh, and fight, you know, either Jorge Masvidal or Kamara Usman for the welterweight championship. Um, I think if you were Dana White, that's probably the direction you go. Otherwise, or maybe he wants to go trilogy with uh, with Namagamadov. I don't know. Um, but if those guys are going to fight, and Conor does want to have this quick turnaround, there's a couple of things that are hurdles for it. One, who's he going to fight? Okay, who does who does Conor McGregor fight next? Obviously. We're down here in Miami. Who do we want him to fight next? We want him to fight Jorge Masvidal. That's that's a stupid question. Obviously, we know who we want him to fight next. We want to see him fight Jorge Masvidal. It makes all the sense in the world. You're talking about 
the biggest mixed martial arts star on the planet in Conor McGregor for the versus the 2019 fighter of the year, the guy who had the biggest star rise all of last year in mixed martial arts. You want to see those two fight square off. You've now seen that Conor McGregor can hold his own at welterweight. He now has two wins at welterweight. He now has a 40-second finish at welterweight. So not only are you more intrigued because you think he can hang at the size a little bit more, but you're intrigued because, my God, what would that fight promotion be like, right? That would be amazing. Conor McGregor, Jorge Masvidal, the lead-up between those two, it would be fireworks. It would be, it would be unbelievable between those two getting in front of a microphone, what they could cut with each other. And by the way, I think it really does make for a hell of a fight. I really, really do. One thing I will say, Connor did show me yesterday. I don't know if he could beat Jorge Masvidal, um, but I think even in those 40 seconds, you're like, all right, dude can hang. Dude can, get, dude can hang. He's gone out there. He's shown a lot more weapons. Um, and I don't know if it's as, as much of a ridiculous proposition because I'm going to be honest with you. When I heard, when, you know, when I first heard the idea, Jorge Masvidal versus Conor McGregor, I'm like, that's, 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 that's a bad fight for Conor. That's bad news for Conor. He's going to get steamrolled by Jorge Masvidal. I still think Jorge Masvidal wins that fight because I think right now, if you were to ask who's a better fighter, Jorge Masvidal or Don Cerrone, I really don't think it's close. I think it's Jorge Masvidal who's, uh, who's, who's just on a, a better trajectory, uh, who's at a better part of their career right now. And not to MMA math it, but those two have fought and, and, and Masvidal obliterated Don Cerrone. So I, I just think that from a speed standpoint, um, an ability to to really be right out the jump, we've seen Jorge Masvidal get the fastest knockout in UFC history. So we know that he can go out and he can start from the jump just like Conor can. Uh, we know he has cardio for days. We know he's good at wrestling. We know he's good at submission. We know he's good at everything. Um, but we also know that that's going to make for a pleasing fight. And I think much like this fight with Don Cerrone, even though Donald had a lot of tools, now not a lot of tools he was able to get to, um, we think that Masvidal, Connor, if you want to talk about pleasing style of fight, of all the fights that are out there, Tony, Habib, Usman, Masvidal, Connor versus Masvidal just makes for fireworks. It makes for the best fight stylistically. Um, but it was hard to get a read on it yesterday. I'm not going to lie. It was a hard It was a hard night to get a read on where things are going, um, what we're going to get next, and when Connor's going to be back. Because, look, if we just lay out the calendar right now and see where does Connor fit into the fold of 2020. Uh, and a lot of, you know, listen, a lot of you may come back and be say he fits in whenever he wants, and I understand that. But these fights are scheduled, and these bouts are scheduled, and, you know, it's not as easy as that. So let's just take next month out of the regard. We know he's not going to fight next month, right? He's mentioned March. He's mentioned March as a possible quick turnaround. That has two title fights on it already. It has what was announced this week, Israel Adesanya versus Yoel Romero, Yuan and Jacek versus Wei Li Zhang for, uh, for, for, for their belt. So that has two titles on it. Now, Connor's been a part of a triple, uh, a triple title fight card before. Uh, so you could see it. I mean, if he did want to do that turnaround in March, um, the only thing was if you are going to do that against Jorge Masvidal, you are then putting, uh, I guess it would be for the bad mother bleeper title. You're putting that above uh, two title fights. It's not an impossible hurdle. We've now starting to see the UFC wiggle on non-title fights being main events. Hell, it's now happened, what, two out of the last three cards. So it's not as gospel as it used to be. But that is a, it's an interesting hurdle. Plus, I'm not a huge fan of, you know, three, five-round fights on a card. But um, 
that's out there. The next pay-per-view would be April 18th, and that's Habib versus Tony. There's no shot in hell they're going to put Connor and Habib on the same card. They're not. They're just not going to do it. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be one of those things where, I, and I don't even know if it's that good an idea to be honest with you, because I think that, I think Connor almost would swallow it all whole with uh, with him being there, and I think that that is such an important fight between Tony and Habib to happen at lightweight that you want those guys having their shine and allowing them to dictate what they want to do for the title. Now, it may not matter. I mean, Dana White may say you're fighting Conor McGregor, but I think it's it's important to just let those guys have their weekend. Um, and maybe Conor shows up, maybe he doesn't, I don't know. But I don't, I don't think it's smart to put a fight on that card. So, you know, for Conor having this quick turnaround that he's talking about, I just don't, I don't know when it happens. Then we go to May. May's pay-per-view is in Brazil. Uh, the rumored bout this week was Henry Cejudo versus Jose Aldo. Um... You know, Connor's talked about wanting to fight in Brazil before. I suppose that's not impossible, but um, you know, it, it, it's it's a it's a little bit weird. It'd be it'd be a little bit strange to have him there. I don't know how many of the Irish fans are going to go to Brazil and all that stuff. Um, but that is like the most likely, uh, quickest pay per view date that would be open, and you know, if you're already into the springtime. And Habib, let's just say Habib is one. I'm gonna probably say that Dana's gonna say, "Hey, hey, Connor, what's what's another few months? What is waiting till if it's May? What's the difference between you fighting now and fighting in August? And then you may be turning around for the welterweight championship because Dana wants that uh, Habib fight. Look, I, I mean, we all are dying down here for Jorge Masvidal, and I I think that it would be amazing if Conor McGregor fights Jorge Masvidal, but. Dana's not stupid. He he thinks that that is that that Conor versus Habib. He's calling it his Ali Frazier. He's he's calling it his uh, Mayweather McGregor, just right under the UFC banner. Um, and so if you have the president of the company saying stuff like that, yes, Conor had Conor swings a a, a a a big bleep, and he's and he has a lot of say in this type of stuff. But he also, I think. If you were to listen to him in the lead up to this fight, I do think that the the Khabib rematch has been what he wants the most. I don't feel like he engaged uh, the Masvidal fight that much last night. You know, he was saying Jorge really blew it tonight. I don't know why he was wearing my robe. It was weird. Like, it was very dismissive of Masvidal, almost to the regard of, all right, I got that win out of the way. Um, I'm ready to get get in line for this for this Nirmaga Madoff for this lightweight title shot. I don't. I think that all that Jorge dancing around stuff, I honestly think that was the plan if maybe he lost to Donald Cerrone and he needed a big win to get himself back in line uh, that Masvidal, because you knew Masvidal was going to take the fight. You know, Masvidal has made it clear, I'm taking the fight, and is you know has been pretty clear that he just wants to take the fight for the money, which no 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 blaming going any way Jorge's way. That's just, but, you know, Megan Olivi asked him, like, why do you want this fight? And he goes, uh, the money. And I don't know how great a sell that is to everybody that that Masvidal just went uh, the money. I don't. It's not like I want to. I want to obliterate that fool. I want to shut him up. All that stuff. You know, Masvidal's just telling you. Like I think this. You know, I want to make. I want to make a ton of dough. And while that's great, and it's it's you're you're a prize fighter. I don't know how much fans get behind that. You know, they want they want to they want to hear why you want to go beat this guy up. They don't care about your paycheck that much. You know, some weirdos do. They you know, people care about how much, you know, go 
know, there was a big breakdown this week of, oh, is Conor McGregor really making $80 million? It's like, who cares? I mean, he's going to make a lot of money. Why does it matter? In, in all honesty, what, who cares if Conor McGregor is making $80 million, $40 million, $20 million? It doesn't really matter that much. He's under a UFC contract. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't, uh, there's no purse splits. There's no, there's no, uh, there's no hangups like that. It's not, it's not a Mayweather fight. So what does it matter? Um, but it's so I, I don't think when when Masvidal was asked yesterday why do you want to fight Connor and his one word answer was money. Um, I don't I don't know how well that sold everybody on it. Now I want to see it anyway because he's an amazing fighter. He's had an amazing year and obviously down here in Miami you want to see that uh, you know see this city on that stage. That's a big deal. But I, I I honestly to be honest with you, I think that Masvidal put himself in position this week. I thought he did a better job selling himself to fight Usman than he did McGregor. I really, really do. I mean, some of his press conferences this week uh, leading up to this, talking about Kamaru Usman, uh, the, 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 the disrespect that he's felt from Kamaru Usman, doing the whole who, who, who is that, um, and his reasoning behind it, and saying that Kamaru Usman wants to call out Leon Edwards. I just thought all of that stuff was masterable from him, and I'm like, yeah, this guy is bar none, um, the number one contender for the for the title, and for Usman to, you know, say that he wants to fight Leon Edwards or Tyron Woodley or guys that he's already beaten, I think is a little bit ridiculous as a champion. Um, and I think that George has done such a great job. He did such a better job selling fighting Usman than he did McGregor this week. Um, that I don't know if it I don't know if it cost him the McGregor fight, but I do think that it's put him himself where, you know, the Dana White wants to see. Masvidal versus Usman. Um, he wants to see Connor versus Habib, and I don't think that you know. Yes, you know George could go and lose to Usman. Usman's really good, but there's not a huge difference in if Connor goes to beat Habib. If 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 Masvidal does end up winning the championship, that fight could end up being there at the end of the year, anyway. Um, and it's probably. And that, and, and to be honest with you, it is a bigger fight if if Masvidal does become champion, and he is able to beat Usman, and he does have a, an actual title, and Conor is going for his third championship. Um, it does be it, like, I don't know how much bigger Conor versus Habib can get. I know that Conor versus Jorge Masvidal can get a lot better. Uh, can get a lot bigger, rather. It, it it really can. I mean, if if Masvidal does become welterweight champion of the world, it becomes. A, a a a monster monster fight. It's still a monster fight. Don't get me wrong. It's a, it's a, it's a big time fight. It'll do bigger numbers than whatever this does. But Jorge Masvidal is a champion by the end of the year. Connor going for his third championship if he is lightweight champion. A champion versus champion match. That's an absolute monster. But we'll see. A lot of options on the table. We're back after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM seven ninety the ticket. Welcome back, everybody. Fighters Fury rolls on this Sunday morning. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Late night last night, man. These press conferences are going long. Now, it wasn't quite as bad as it was uh, December to end the year where they did like three title fights. Whew, that was rough. I don't think the card ended until 2 in the morning. I don't even think I stayed up for press conferences that night. But obviously, you want to stay up last night and see uh, what they had to say. It wasn't a busy press conference to begin with. They basically only had Dana, Holly, Holm, and Conor McGregor. Um, and the rest of the card, like, you know, as far as things that stood out from UFC 246, I'm not trying to be a jerk. Holly Holm versus Raquel Pennington, that was almost a night-nighter. Like, I almost I almost 
put my little head on on my couch and 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 went. And I thankfully woke up in the third round and was and was ready to roll for Connor versus Cowboy, um, because I was rolling good the rest of the night. I was like, all right, cool. Main card started. Uh, main card started. Let's go. Get it going. Uh, felt good. Felt felt fresh. Uh, didn't think I was gonna have to do my do my midnight uh, Cafe Bustello to get to get rolling. Uh, but after Holly Holm versus Raquel Pennington, I'm like, I need to fuel up, son. We need to, we need to, we need to put some some liquid liquid cocaine in my system and get through this. And that made me wide eyed through the night. It was a, it was it was tough for 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 your boy Tobes getting to sleep last night. It really really was. But yeah, Raquel Pennington versus Holly Holm. Like uh, you know, I went back and watched a little bit. It was just, it was not an exciting bout. Um, you know, it was actually funny. I was you know we were going over this last week. I was like, man, why does it sound so familiar? And I remember the uh, the Holly Holm Raquel Pennington uh, initial fight. You know, once it was like, oh yeah, this is a rematch between those two ladies. Uh, and I remember thinking like Raquel Pennington won that fight, and they were bringing Holly Holm in. And um, it's what you know, it's so funny, guys, too, because it was like, uh, it, you know, you look back and you think about that knockout that she had over Ronda Rousey, which will always make Holly Holm an iconic legend. Um, but that's why she was such a, a heavy, heavy underdog. She did not look good in her early UFC goings before she fought Ronda. Um, but she got a win yesterday. Good for her. She's strong. She's a strong woman, Holly Holm, and uh, gets the win over Raquel Penton. Uh, Alexi Olenek gets himself a, uh, a a win over Maurice Green. Maurice Green is a t- tough SOB. I mean, he was he was fighting through some some crazy submissions. He was getting his neck cranked and popping o- Olenek in the face early on. Uh, but the boa constrictor ends up getting a win, so good for him. Little ATT love. Congratulations to him. Brian Kelleher, he got himself a submission win over Ode Osborne. The, uh, I think he's from Palm Beach Gardens. Did he go to Dwyer, they said? So there's a local tie in there. But uh, old uh, Boom got himself a win. And so there was a submission guillotine for him getting that self. He got himself a bonus. Olinda got himself a bonus. Uh, Fajeda got himself a bonus with his win over Anthony Pettis. Um, and Drew Dober got a bonus. I got to tell you. Uh, honestly, though, the 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 biggest shock of the night was Roxanne Matafari getting her win over Macy Barber. It really was. Um, you know, Macy Barber uh, was, you know, gunning for this youngest champion of all time title. And, you know, she she got whooped by Roxanne. Now, yeah, it looked like she suffered some kind of a knee injury. And it was weird. The doctor checked her and he goes, at eh, partial ACL test. She'll be all right. Um which, which I, you know, I found a couple things weird. I found it weird that the broadcast was like, if that was a man, they'd never do that. Um, you know, so I don't, you know, I don't know if it was one of those things where um, they were saying like uh, she shouldn't be given that regard. Like I would like the doctor to check out her knee and make sure she is medically fit to go forth. Um, and also, you know, maybe uh, you know they mentioned Tiago Santos with his fight against uh, John Jones, and. They said, uh, well, uh, you know, he had everything torn. I was like, yeah, maybe he hit it better. I don't know what to tell you guys. You know, it seemed, you know, different strokes for different folks. I'm actually happy when doctors uh, check on fighters and make sure they're good to go and all that kind of stuff. But uh, tough loss for Macy Barber. Um, I got to imagine Paige Van Zant was loving that yesterday because uh, we know about the whole DM gate with her and uh, PBC's husband and all that stuff. And P- uh, Paige Van Zant saying she'd fight anybody on the card except for Macy Barber. So um, the fact that. The future ended up losing last night. Uh, I'm sure that uh, Paige Van Zandt was happy to see that. But Roxanne Montefiore, man, what a badass. Been doing it forever and gets herself a nice win. Bloodied up Macy Barber. Great performance by her. Really great performance by her. Um, 
So Connor, but obviously, look, it was it was a, it was a one fight. It was it was for for the for the most part, it was one of those things where like Connor steals the show, and his performance couldn't have gone better than it did against Donald, head kicking Donald Cerrone. Uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of people would have thought, you know, get him up against the cage, pressure him, bully him, and 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 is going to punish him that way with with uh, with with punches, but. You know, it was funny. I was texting back and forth with Seema yesterday, and I was like, well, how do you see this one going, man? And he goes, well, I think Connor's going to get an early KO. I think he's going to go to the body. And I didn't actually think about that much. It made me uh, immediately go to uh, Connor versus Chad Mendez when Connor was able to use those body kicks to really wear down Chad. Um, and so I was like, yeah, you know what? I could, I could see that. But I was really keen on this idea that it just felt like – you know, I always make fun of Robbie about this on the morning show. I'm just like, you know, we always make fun of him because he loves to go against what he calls the suckers. You know, and everybody's on this this one side of a fight. And I've seen enough fights in mixed martial arts to know, you know, a lot of the times what we say is just kind of predicting. But we're not all ex we're not experts. We're just kind of we're kind of just fans that we think things are going to line up uh, how they're going to happen. And I just thought, man, people are people are just disrespecting Donald too much in this fight with seeing what the odds were um, with knowing that Donald has had comebacks in his career um, and, 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 and has gone on runs, even though it looks like, all right, maybe it's not, like, I know a lot of people right now are probably thinking, okay, it's, it's probably high time that Don Cerrone packs it up. And I'm just like, I don't know, man, we've been here a lot of times in Don Cerrone's career where it looks like it's high time. I mean, he just lost to what one, three and four, uh, over in the welterweight division, you know, maybe the maybe the best division in the sport or second best division in the sport. It's always 155, 170. You just, you know, toss a coin, say, you know, whatever you want the debate to be. But, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if like, a, you know, you know, this, you know, by this time next year, he rattles off a couple more wins. You know what they're going to do to him. And this is this is what they've been doing with Don. Whenever Donald's in a bad rut. They always put him against somebody who's a young killer that they want to build off Donald's name. Like they did this with Darren Till, they did this with Leon Edwards, um, they did that with uh, Alex Hernandez. Uh, he lost two of those fights. He got he got badly beaten by Darren Till. Uh, he got you know pretty pieced up by Leon Edwards, and he killed Alex Hernandez. I mean, he destroyed him. So I don't know. I think I think most likely you're going to see Donald lined up with a young buck, but man, the guy's a legend. He's gonna he can still headline any basically fight night that you want him to. Uh, I will say it was funny. It was it was interesting. A lot of UFC fans, a lot of MMA fans, got mad yesterday because they had Stephen A. Smith on the post game. They had it was, and I was, I was. My immediate reaction was I was dying laughing. I thought it was hilarious. You had Stephen A. Smith and Joe Rogan. I, I forget what the anchor's name is, so forgive me, but. They're all there, just you know, spitting on uh, what what just what just happened in front of us, and you know, Joe Rogan's doing his Joe Rogan thing. He's breaking it down, and he's doing fine. He's you know, nothing nothing super insightful, but it was great seeing a guy like Joe Rogan get caught in the 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 typhoon that is Stephen A. Smith, and I love it. I mean, like I know a lot of people get annoyed. They're like, "Why is he around here? Why is he?" First of all. The guy is ESPN. Like, he's the most recognizable name. Everybody cares about his opinion about everything. Why you're all getting mad at him saying the things that he said last night is exactly why they put him on there. Just to, they don't, because he doesn't care. He's Teflon. Like, you know, the guy will forget who's who's playing for the Chargers on Monday Night Football. Just rolls on. He'll put out, like, Devin Booker versus Kyle Kuzma as a, as a potential trade, and we just roll on. Um, and then, so, last night, you know, his main point was, well, Donald didn't even show up. It's like he didn't even show up to that fight. 
I don't know how much we learned about Conor McGregor. Now, I don't necessarily agree with we didn't learn much about Conor McGregor, but I'm going to tell you right now, if any other mixed martial arts personality would have said what he said about Donald Cerrone, nobody's batting an eye on it because a lot of people coming into this fight said, Donald, one of the big things is he doesn't show up on big fights. They did a damn piece about it in the lead-up to the fights about the anxiety that he gets in the locker room, the the buildup, how much trouble he has with it. But people were fuming that outsider, Stephen A. Smith, had the gall to say that Donald Cerrone didn't show up when plenty of us, including Donald Cerrone, have made that point on big fight nights that he doesn't show up, that Cowboy doesn't win the big one. He has said it himself. But because Stephen A. Smith said it, woo, people were mad. They don't like letting people in, man, the mixed martial arts fan, the combat sports fan. I love it because I like the different perspective. I mostly know because I, I watch so much of this stuff. I mostly know what you're going to get when you have, you know, if you turn to Ariel Hawani or Brett Okamoto or Luke Thomas, you mostly know what you're going to get. Those guys have their lanes. Brendan Schaub, you know what their lanes are. You know what they're going to say when it comes uh, to, to this type of stuff. There's great guys that do it. There's guys who do great breakdowns and all that type of stuff. Um, but I like seeing, I kind of like seeing the sideshow for five minutes. Before, I love seeing Stephen A. Smith get into it with Teddy Atlas, and I loved watching Joe Rogan make faces at Stephen A. Smith the entire time. It's fun to me. It's hilarious. And I'm glad that they continue putting up there. It just makes me laugh. It's it's, it's great fun. Uh, all right, there's a lot of moving parts that we got to get to. Uh, some new fights that were announced this week, and plus uh, Kamar Usman's stand on why he doesn't think Jorge Masvidal deserves a title shot against him. And another crazy thing went down with Usman last night on his Twitter account and uh, some very vulgar tweets directed at Conor McGregor that may have been from a hacker. Conor doesn't believe that it's from a hacker. We'll tell you about that next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there. 
to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, welcome back, everybody. Fighters Fury here on the ticket. We will be in tomorrow, by the way. I mean, Leroy and I and Robbie will all be in tomorrow for the holiday. We will react to the football weekend, and I'm sure we'll get the boys' thoughts on the fights as well. So if you're looking for us tomorrow morning, we will be in 6 to, uh, 6 to 10 a.m. So, uh, so that'd be great. Looking forward to it. A um, couple things last night. I want to point out with uh, regards to the welterweight champion Kamaru Usman, who is uh, who's you know look he's a really really good fighter Kamaru Usman he really is. Um, the there was a couple of interesting things that happened last night. So he was cage side. He was cage side alongside Jorge Masvidal, who uh, I don't know what the hell Connor was referring to uh, to his his coat as a day coat or a house coat. I guess he's saying I guess was, that's what the Irish old ladies wear. Uh, he you know. For those who didn't see it, Us, uh, Masvidal showed up cage side. He was wearing the old Versace uh, robe that Conor wore famously. He and Floyd wore in the lead-up to their fight. Uh, I believe Dwayne Wade is wearing one in his Instagram avatar right now if you want to see what it looks like. But that's what uh, that's what Masvidal showed up to the fight as. Didn't Wasn't wearing one of his uh, typical Miami Vice shirts. It was a cold night. It was a cold night in Vegas. I think it was like in the uh, the mid-40s or something like that. Um but, uh, but they go to Usman. Usman's also there. And Usman had a weird night because his account got hacked. His his Twitter account got hacked. Now, I said this uh, I said this to, to some buddies last night, and, and I, I sent him what, what, what Usman wrote to Conor McGregor, and I was like, this was my immediate reaction because it, it, I didn't see the storm that was about to start brewing on his Twitter account. But as soon as I saw what he wrote, and I'm not going to – how can I uh, describe what was written? Okay, Conor McGregor is an Irish meow meow. Uh, expletive, I'll bleep your wife and slap the bleep out of you, you punk. At Notorious Conor McGregor. And I will, uh, and I'm not going to read the next one. I'm not even going to try to read the next one. But you guys can look it up. Us- just put up Usman Hacked. You can see all the tweets that he put. But the first one, I was like, all right. I don't believe... Kamar Usman would write that. Kamar Usman's a very, very nice guy. A very nice guy. We've had him on the show multiple times before. He's 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 a sweetheart. He really is. I mean, he's he's a he's terrifying in the cage and will mess your life up. But uh but he's he's a sweetheart. He he really is. Um But he is managed by Aliyah Abdelaziz, who I wouldn't exactly put under the category as sweetheart. And Ali also manages Habib Nurmagomedov. So, it's kind of a thing known as people who follow mixed martial arts. It's a very niche thing, not a very important thing, but it's known. You see sometimes these guys will tweet outlandish stuff, and you're just like, oh, don't give Ali your password. It's it's just, it's a, it's almost like a, a joke that goes among everybody who follows these guys on Twitter. If, if you're a guy who is uh, represented by Ali Abdelaziz and your Twitter account tweets something crazy, dude forgot to switch accounts. That's basically, you know, it, it, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's the thing that's gone down before. So when I saw Usman tweet what he tweeted, 
I was like, oh, well, clearly, clearly Ali is uh, one tweeting from his account. I don't know if it was just a really crazy Hail Mary to get a fight or what. Now, it gets a little bit wilder after that. And then, you know, as I said, you know, there's a lot of racial slurs that are getting thrown out on Usman's account. Um, and it's uh, and then I think the craziest thing was that they like so they throw up the hacked accounts like they're saying, oh, follow this account, get it to a thousand followers. We give out his bank password. Then they tweet out a they they tweet out a screenshot of Kamar Usman's bank account. It's got like over five hundred thousand dollars in it. Um, it, it crazy. Uh, Ali Abdelaziz then comes out and he goes, guys, Usman's Twitter account has been hacked. But the interesting thing was Dana White and Conor McGregor then come out in the aftermath of that and they're like, uh, yeah, he's like, I told Conor immediately what had, that uh, that Usman's account was hacked and Conor didn't believe him. And he didn't believe that Usman did it, but he believed what I what was my initial reaction, which was this was the makings of Ali Abdelaziz taking over Kamaru Usman's Twitter account and just tweeting something super nasty on Now, mind you, Conor and Ali, they have, they have gone low blow for low blow. I mean, they, 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 do, they do not care for each other, and they do not pull punches, you know, uh, verbal punches, I should say. They obviously have pulled uh, physical punches. They haven't punched each other. But um, I was, I, my initial reaction was the same that Conor McGregor's was, that I thought it had the makings of, his uh, his his manager tweeting that out because obviously there's vicious bad blood, and also if you're his manager, if Connor does bite on that stuff, uh, you know, then that would something that crazy like it would take something that crazy for Kamar Usman to really pony up and get into the Conor McGregor sweepstakes, you know, unfortunately, because if you were to really do it, it'd pro- it's probably standing like right now like this, like Habib Us uh, Habib Jorge. Um, Tony, and then maybe Usman, but then maybe Nate Diaz above Usman. I don't know. Um, I don't think like I don't think Usman's really in the running for this thing for a welterweight. Time. I really, really don't. Um, just based on name value, based on styles, all that stuff. I th- I really think that when it comes down to it, Jorge Masvidal has to go beat Kamara Usman to really get himself in line to fight Conor McGregor. That, that that was my big read on yesterday because I didn't feel like Conor McGregor bit enough on fighting Jorge Masvidal next. I, I would love it next. I really, really would. Obviously, we all down here would want it. But just kind of getting the pulse of what everybody was saying. Dana White, Conor McGregor, how things were presented from those guys' standpoint. Um, and really, I feel like how well Masvidal made it known that he wants to beat Usman and doesn't like Usman and was saying things like, you know, all the guys that he trains with and spars with, those are the guys that I taught at American Top Team before they went off to the Black Zillions or Hard Knocks 365. So I thought he really did a great job of selling the fight for the first time. You know, these guys have kind of been like, whatever, who this, who that, and I think that stuff is stupid. Like, you should try and make every opponent seem the biggest thing because it's those, you know, these are great options for each other. They really, really are. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be dismissive of stuff like that. And, you know, and Usman had a really weird take this week, too, because he said to MMA Fighting, um, you know, they were asking about why are you playing this who angle? And he goes, uh, he's misunderstanding me. He's playing the angle, and I'm saying I don't know who he is. I know exactly who he is, and I give him props. That's one thing about me. I'm not a hater in any way, shape, or form. I give respect where respect is due. Him fighting, yeah, I know him fighting. Uh, when they brought up the Masvidal, like, I'm like, who? 
And and I told you, uh, you know, when we talked to, uh, to to Camaro, he was like, oh, I don't, whoever that is that you mentioned, it, you know, obviously we didn't get the quite quite the buzz that uh, ESPN did, but um, but he was pulling that stuff during fight week leading up to the uh, the Covington fight, and then he goes. There are guys more deserving of a title shot. Same thing that he told us. Jorge Masvidal doesn't have a win over anybody in the top six. Doesn't have a win over anybody in the top six. I being five of the top six guys in the division. That's why I said that. Now, this is why it's a little bit of a Fugazi uh, argument from Kamara Usman. If you're going to go by now he doesn't have any guys in the top six, uh, then your statement would be accurate. However, uh, at the time when he beat Darren Till, when he knocked Darren Till out, uh, when nobody wanted to fight Darren Till, when he knocked him out in London, I believe Darren Till was number four in the world. Uh, and then when he had beaten Ben Askren, Ben Askren was number five in the world. Um, now Ben Askren has retired, and Darren Till has moved on. He is now a type uh, top five middleweight, um, which, if anything, should be more of a feather in the cap to Jorge Masvidal. And then Nate Diaz. Like I know Nate Diaz isn't in the rankings, but I mean the guy is a superstar and. Um, it wasn't a tough. Everybody was everybody was in love with that fight, and is obviously the fight that most people saw. So, well, I shouldn't say that. More people saw the Ben Askren knockout. If not live, they've all seen it by now. Like if you if you watch sports, I'm sure by accident you see the Hori Masvidal Ben Askren knockout. Which, by the way, I gotta give a quick shout out to uh, to a former friend of the show, uh, Chase Hooper. I guess I shouldn't say former friend of the show, just friend of the show, Chase Hooper, uh, the Dream. At, at the time was the teenage dream when he was going to go fight in Titan FC. They have done a funny thing on UFC. He was like a correspondent for UFC Fight Pass this week. Uh, and he's got a resemblance because he's, uh, he's got the curly hair that's, that's blown out a little bit. He's got a resemblance to Ben Askren. And he goes up to Jorge Masvidal, who's doing a lot of media this week, and he goes, uh, hey, uh, I have a question. He goes, uh, he, goes, yeah. he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, what's up? He's like, can you apologize what you did to my father? Masvidal was shook. He's like, "What? Wait, wait, who's your father?" He goes, "Ben Askren." He goes, "Oh, I'm sorry. It's great. It's a great bit." And uh, I'm also part of the movement. Hashtag Verify Chase. Verify Chase Hooper. Get him a ver. Get get that dude a check mark. He's good. He's he's a very very good fighter. Um, but I don't buy Usman. Getting back to it, I don't buy Usman's. Uh, you know, explain. Oh, George hasn't beaten him in the top six. It's like no, he he's beaten guys in the top five. Two of them over the last year. They just now are. They've moved on to other things, which I honestly think should say more about what he was able to do. That they're no longer one's no longer fighting, and one had to move divisions and is a top five guy in that division. Um, but yeah, getting the landscape of everything yesterday, this is what I think is going to happen. Because because I didn't really know. I, I know Connor said this whole thing that he wants to do the quick turnaround, but after like really looking at the UFC calendar for this year um, and how they've shaken everything out, look. I'm sure Conor McGregor, if he really wanted to, they could find a card for him. They really could. They could find somewhere to put him. But if we're really looking at it, a guy of, of his stature that they want to build up fights and they want to give it time and all that stuff, I think it's more likely based on the way he's reacted to everybody. Um, In his ideal scenario, he'd like to fight Hamid Nurmagomedov. Tony Ferguson gets hurt, so he fights him in April. Let's say that doesn't happen. Finally, we get the fight we've never gotten. Uh, I think he hopes Khabib wins. I don't know if he does. I, I think Tony's a, an excellent shot to win that fight. Um, I'm going to say he's going to fight the winner of that fight sometime late summer. I think that we see 
Masvidal versus Usman. If I had to guess, I'm going to say sometime in June or July. I think that's what's coming up next. I really, really do I think that's what the – I think those guys have starting to – I think they get a pulse of it. I think they're starting to fuel the fire a little bit. I think Dana White has made it clear that's the fight he wants to go with. It ain't going to be Leon Edwards. Those He's fighting uh, Tyron Woodley. I don't even think him knocking out Tyron Woodley in four seconds could get him the title shot. I really, really don't. Um and then we see what happens. Then we, it's almost, I think that almost plays out to a tournament. If Connor beats Khabib um, and Jorge beats Kamaru Usman, look at December, baby. December, December, end of the year card, Connor versus Jorge, champion versus champion, winner take all, do it at 165 pounds or something like that. I don't know. But uh, but I think that's how it's going to shake out. If I really, like, if I'm really looking at my crystal ball and seeing what I think is going to happen, um, reading the tea leaves of everything yesterday, I didn't get the idea that he really wants to fight Jorge Masvidal next. He's he because he said yes to everybody. Let's be honest. Conor McGregor said yes to everybody. Gaethje, Nate Diaz, uh, Holloway, everybody. You know the Tony Habib, uh, Camaro. Masvidal, he said yes to everybody. But the guy who really gets his juices flowing has been Nurmagomedov. Um, and that's never really changed with Connor. I mean, he has been a guy where he has a goal. He has one thing he's focused on. He wants to be a multiple world champion. That's what he's got himself focused on. He loses to Nate Diaz. He wants Nate Diaz again. doesn't care about the whole too big thing. Uh, he loses to Nurmagomedov. Obviously, he has to get a win. He gets his win. Now I think he's going to focus on Nurmagomedov. I think all the other stuff is just circling the guy's not stupid. Uh, he likes to keep his options open, and he wants to keep his mouth in everybody's name. And by the way, did a great job of it. He had Floyd Mayweather putting posters at him uh, about him yesterday. Manny Pacquiao tweeting about him yesterday. Um, Masvidal, obviously. Usman, obviously. All these guys. I mean, everybody who's everybody wanted to wanted to get on the McGregor train yesterday. That's you know that's why the guy is a money machine, and that's why right now he's the most He's the he's he's the highest commodity in all of combat sports. He really really is. So that's that's my read of it. I think that he is going to end up fighting Habib and uh, or 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 Tony Ferguson for the belt, and that he's going to have a champion versus champion fight at the end of the year. That would be my guess. That would be my guess as to how things go. Now, if he loses, he loses. I don't know what happens then. But if saying if he had his dream scenario played out. That's how I guess it would go out. That he's hoping Masvidal beats Usman, takes care of that, puts up a better stylistic fight for him for the welterweight championship. I think that he wants to fight, the obviously, the winner for the lightweight championship, hoping that it's Khabib, and boom. Then we get back to it. The whole quick turnaround thing, I think it's a good thing to say, but I think that he's going to get talked out of it. I really do. Because I don't know if that viable option is there yet, um, as high as it could be. As high as it could be, so... That's it, man. That's the breakdown of it all. That's the breakdown of it all, of, uh, of yesterday's fight game and everything that went down yesterday. Uh, quick boxing note before we get out of here. Uh, shout out to Blake Davis for getting his fifth win. We had him in studio last week. He, uh, he had, uh, had a hell of a show at Gulfstream Park. Sellout by Bad Promotions are good for them. Uh, Jason Rosario trains out of Miami. Um, he stunned J-Rock yesterday. Julian Williams knocked him out in the fifth round. He now becomes the unified champion at 154 pounds. And Eliator Alvarez got himself over win over Michael Seals in the seventh round. He'll probably be taking on Joe Smith Jr. for the vacant light heavyweight championship, WVO light heavyweight championship. So um, 
that was boxing. I know we didn't give it uh, all of it just due that it probably gets, but, you know, McGregor fight night, obviously there's going to be a lot of trickle down on that stuff. Brian Monroe, Rashad Butler are coming up next. Everybody enjoy that. Enjoy the football this weekend. We love you guys, and we will talk to you tomorrow, 6 to 10 a.m.